Welcome to the Jeff Knows Inc. Show with your host, Jeff Lopes, where we bring you the world's top athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, influencers, and their journeys to success. This episode is brought to you by the Trademark Factory. Owning trademarks is something that's close and dear to my heart. As I truly value knowing my brand's protected, I personally own 16 trademarks, and the first trademark that I registered was in 2006 for my brand, Camoraware. What I find is a lot of individuals start a company, grow a brand, yet they never truly own the brand because they've never spent the time to register that trademark. And the worst part is, is you could spend all this time, money, and effort building your brand only to find out you've been infringing in another company's brand and end up losing all that time, money, and effort. One important fact is trademarks are a foundational investment in your business. They actually monetarily grow in value over time. As the brand grows, the value of that trademark grows. If you look at a company like Nike, that's worth roughly $97 billion, but their brand alone is worth roughly $47 billion. Think about that. This is why I partnered up with the Trademark Factory. With a 99.3% success rate and a one-time fee that covers everything from start to finish. Request a free consultation call right now by the Trademark Factory Strategy Advisors. Just by visiting tmf.rocks forward slash Jeff Knows. That's tmf.rocks forward slash J-E-F-F-K-N-O-W-S for your free consultation. This podcast is brought to you by NordPass. I'm sure many of you, just like me, use your Facebook account to log into multiple websites or applications. But I bet what you don't know is many of these practices give hackers a free shot at all your accounts that are linked to your Facebook account. But I guarantee NordPass can help you avoid these costly situations. NordPass is an easy and simple password manager that is quickly becoming the essential cybersecurity tool. NordPass will keep all your passwords in one place and has zero knowledge of your password manager. You know what that means? No one else could see your inscripted vault, not even the NordPass team. One thing that makes me feel secure is NordPass was created by the same team who built NordVPN, the advanced online security and privacy app that's trusted by over 14 million users. You know this is as secure as it's going to get. And right now you get 50% off a two-year NordPass premium plan. All you have to go to is www.nordpass.com forward slash Jeff Knows. Or use the coupon code Jeff Knows upon checkout. And not only are you going to get your 50% off your first two years, but you're going to get an additional month free of NordPass and a 30-day free money-back guarantee. Again, that's www.nordpass.com forward slash J-E-F-F-K-N-O-W-S. Don't leave yourself vulnerable to hackers any longer and try NordPass today. Welcome to episode 176 of the Jeff Nozine Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on today, Kanye Sizer. What a great conversation, incredible story. Sit back, everyone, and enjoy. We are live, we are live on the Jeff Nozine Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on today, Kanye Sizer. What is up? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. This is... Uh, we met through a mutual friend, uh, Craig, and uh, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun conversation today. You have so oh. many layers and so much history there, but so much future as well. So I, I just want to dive into a lot of that stuff. Give me a little rundown. We're going to start off right off the bat. Let's give me a little rundown of kind of your beginnings, like where you started and what got you to this part of the, your life or at this moment, because you're obviously building a, a big social following. You're very active into sports. You're doing so much stuff, acting. Where did all this start? Amazing. First of all, I'm so happy that like we have mutual friends. Everybody yeah. knows everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how it all started was, well, I was going back to Thailand just a few years ago before pandemic hit and kind of like, kind of like recap my whole story of what happened and um, just like kind of like a visual and physical like glimpse and got to meet the people that found me. So um, I was found on the side of the road in Pak Chung, Thailand, and Pak Chung is northeast two and a half to three hours north of Bangkok. So it's like a country area. It has been progressing, grown of a city over the years and all that. Mm-hmm. But 
um, I went there and they're like, this is where you found, like, this is where you were found, like behind this arrow sign. And I have a picture of it too. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it all used to be not just a street. It used to be just all forest. And, um, the woman, the ladies, uh, brother who lived down the street was going to the market one day and he heard a baby crying and he's like wait a baby baby is crying like you know and i we need to go check it out and like he went back to his house to go grab his father his um his sister and grabbed uh a flashlight to just kind of navigate where that sound coming from and they found me as a baby i looked around 2 months old like a month old um they feel like I was there for maybe a day, maybe, but not no more than a day. Um, but I was like all dirty. I was wrapped up in a pink blanket. I was, um, you know, just have road debris all over me. So like, it's been few hours or so, uh, since I was left there, we don't know who left me there. Um, so they took me in, the woman took me in, hold me, carried me, and uh, went back into her house to kind of like clean me up. But as she opened the blanket, she was she was like, what? Like, whoa, shock, because there's an indication that I did not have any legs. And she looked and searched for like, you know, is there like an amputation? Like something like, you know, like making sure like, oh my God, this baby doesn't have any legs. And uh, there was no amputation whatsoever. Uh, there's no, you know, I was just born this way. Um, and she called the Pak Chung police and took me to the Sahatai in Pak Chung hospital. And that's when the nurses and the doctor's staff was also shocked too. Um, because, in Thailand at the time, you know, women and children be kidnapped and taken from their family because um, of like street stuff, meaning like kidnapped and then amputation, like amputate on whatever to become beggars for money. And recent of that year that when I was found, there was another late, like another girl um, that was kidnapped and she was kidnapped by a gangster in Thailand. And um, she got her right arm amputated to become a beggar. And once that got infected, the beggar just dropped her off. Just like, "Mm, I don't want you anymore because, you know, you're no use to me in front of the hospital. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, I hear a lot of like stories when I went to foster home where I was found, like where I was at and all that. And I was raised kind of told me that like, you know, it's really important to just like, make sure like what's the health of the baby when they're found um, like what happened and making sure like, you know, but it's kind of sad to be honest. So, and so um, I was accepted in Sahat Thai um, hospital on September 13, 1992. That's not my real birthday. I found out my, my real birthday is actually in August. I don't know how, but my caseworker gets information and certain type of information is classified kind of like secretive in some ways. Like she can tell a little bit, but she can't like say where she got it or like how she found it and where, you know, so, um, yeah. And I was raised by two major women nurses, Mei Chang and Mei Toy. They are the ones that kind of like, you know, became my second mom in some ways, um, or my first mother's yeah, like, I was uh, about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they didn't want me to go into foster care because they want me to be very safe, protected, and they, they don't want to harm, like have me harmed or anything. So they were kind of iffy of like having me in foster care in the first place. They're thinking, they were thinking about just like living with them. I was living with them and went to their house here and there, you know, but I was around really good people, like really good doctors, really good nurses that really like, like really was there to support me and help me and like wanted the best for me. And they're the one that actually wanted me to kind of like do things, be independent on my own. Like Mei Chang, she's like, tell me in Thai, 
that like when I was younger, she wanted me to kind of like do things on my own, take care of myself. And she was the one that had a lot of like faith and like encouragement for me that like, yo, I'm going to start this little girl to become independent and I'm going to give her a lot of love and support. But I want her to know that like, you know, she doesn't need to be baby. She doesn't need just because she doesn't have legs. She got herself and they've seen me climb and walk up on stairs and counters and stuff. And I learned and taught myself. And I think that's because this is all I know. You know, I never lost, I never lost legs. So it's different story. Like I was always born of this and this is what I know. And this is what I have to outcome. That, that is a form of of tough parenting, but it's, it's a form of loving parenting, right? Being Mm -hmm. able to mentor you in a, in a, in a, in a purpose to get your independence is, is so powerful. And that's for any kid. Never mind, obviously, the situation you're going through. So, I'm sorry for breaking out, but it's, it's such a, it's, it's it's such an incredible thing they did that for you because obviously it led a path for where you are now, right? Hey, quick question for you: Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Well, they, so like when I was young, like, you know, they want to see what I can and cannot do. They're not going to be like, she has no legs. We need to make sure that like, you know, she's like where, where some people, I feel like kind of like, kind of like how you say kind of like, um, be depend like, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Depend on just because you're different, just because yeah. like, you live in a different life. They, they assume you. And then they like, de- like thinking that you need to be dependent. They're, they're, I want to say dependent. They're putting limitations on, and that's the worst thing to do with anybody. That is the worst thing. And I'm so happy that they didn't see that. They're like, yeah. we're not going to put limitations on this girl. We're going to show her that like, you know, like Mei Chung, she was actually in the, in the Navy in Thailand. She yeah. was never married. So she very, was- very, very strong woman. Yes. Very strong woman. She's been single. She's still single and she's just so happy. She's so strong. And I think when she's raising me, like that's how I was raised. And I'm very fortunate to be like, to be raised with strong, incredible women and also, you know, men, doctors. And um, that's probably how I became a really headstrong of a woman. Um, However, my, um, uh, they said that I was very stubborn and I was very like, um, when I was a baby, it was really hard to take care of me because even though like they love me and all that, but I was very, it was very hard because it's like, it was kind of like hard to understand what I wanted. They said when I was younger and, um, and I think the fact that like with, without having legs, the, the obstacles of like knowing and not knowing or understanding it can be really frustrated because you know like no this is what I want and this is how I do things but you know I was a baby and then they're like like let's let's see the do this and, and it's like I don't know it's like you know you're trying to tell your parents or something that like you want something but you can't really like say it because you're a baby and you can't <laughs> you're yeah, like yeah. why you know yeah. so I think uh and I was also like you know they said that I had the stubborn mad kind of like I wanted my way, I guess. And I think the reason why I wanted my way was because I know what I want and how I like it. And like, I don't know. I always had that thought of just like, you know, uh, just do my own thing, but they eventually put me into a little family, like foster. It's not like one of those foster care where, um, you know, it's a bunch of kids. It's like, okay, there's these two older folks, uh, you know, Thai, like grandpa and grandma, like, you know, and they have like only me and two other kids and only take in those kids. And, um, they, you know, they, they're, they're the one that kind of like, what age was that roughly? Family. I was around like four, four or five. Do you have any, do you have any memories of that, that age? I do. You do, I, huh? I have a lot of glimpse of memory of a lot of things. Like I, I remember, um, 
you know, I fell off of a, a chair and landed on my face and I, and I like got to my teeth broken. <laughs> and I remember that before coming to the US, I had to, uh, I had a lot of cavities because these nurses really gifted me with many different treats and candies and ice cream and <laughs> really treat me well, like a princess out there. And I had to like, you know, be healthy before I can come here in America. And I remember like getting my teeth pulled. It was really bad. And I remember like um, I was uh, uh, helping uh, mothers in maternity care at the hospital in Pak Chung, Thailand. And I have pictures and show where I was always at when I was like two years old, you know, two years old or one. I always like comforted the mothers before they like gave birth or like I, I they said that. Kanye, you used to come into the maternity and you used to like sit and with the women that has their babies or about to give birth and you were like comforting them and you were observing the doctor of how he does stuff. And you were like, no, this is not how you do it. I remember like, this is how you do it and stuff like that. And it was just like really cute because that's what they told me. They said that I was always helping the nursery, the babies, the mothers, and, and telling what the doctors did was wrong. Like, you know, cause I, re- cause when I was a baby, I was like remembering, cause they said that like, I would always be there and I would observe the doctors of how they do stuff to the woman to get ready for the pregnancy. And then if the, if the doctor does something different, I'll be like, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> and that's what they told me. And I remember, so, so when I was around, five years old or five and a half to six years old, actually six and a half to seven years old. I think Um, that's when my mom from uh, my adopted mom from Oregon came out to Thailand and uh, wanted to adopt me. So before she had a consideration of accepting of wanting to adopt a child, uh, she had like three miscarriages and she really wanted a girl and so she talked about it for years to my you know, adopted dad, uh, father, and said that, like, what do you think about, like, you know, adopting? At first, it, you know, like, and at first, like, it was kind of like, okay, well, whatever you want. But when talking to my, my brothers, they were not happy. They were, well, one of them was like, oh my gosh, yes, I would want to adopt like a sister, you know? And then the other one was like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. And so- uh, so came to adoption and she saw me, she said that she saw a picture of me in a Thai adoptees, uh, whole Thai, um, uh, magazine. And she's like, wow, like I want this, you know, and she came to the foster and she saw all the other kids and, you know, but she saw me and she's like, you know what? I see potential in her and I want to like get her. And like, I don't know, maybe the universe is like, no, this is meant to be like, you know, she's going to do amazing things like and and so and also it wasn't just because like, oh, my gosh, I need to get her because I feel sorry that she has no legs. No, it was like true, unconditional, like love, like wanting to just get me and I was cute. And like she <laughs> she I even asked and she's just like, I don't know, I just feel like you just fit in and be part of the family. So I got you. And so um so, yeah, and I, I remember the first time, like, they told that they, they had to tell her that, like, important things that, you know, uh, certain words in Thailand that she needs to remember, but, and she had to go to classes and certain type of learning to get somebody who's international, like, in from a different country before you, like, adopt, because you need to know what they want, like, language, you know, and there's a lot of stuff, but... Um, the thing is I was half off, half joke, half off. Cause I'm half, but, <laughs> um, I was actually half off from the state because, you know, I was, um, disabled. Well, you know, in their eyes, uh, physically disabled and, um, they want to kind of like, and I was older, like usually parents doesn't want to adopt kids that are around five and a half to six year olds. They want babies. So I was fortunate to like leave, you know, and um, I'm very fortunate. Like I, that, this is why I'm saying like, I feel like I'm very fortunate and lucky to have what I have, you know, like I didn't know who my birth parents was. So it, it doesn't really matter because I don't know them. So there's no attachment. I never want to know them. I don't care for them because like, I don't know who they are. They're strangers to me. And the only important thing of who matters is like my parents, like 
my, the, the people that raised me and like gave me all love and support. So, um, my mom took me and went to, uh, Oregon and, um, it was hard. It was kind of hard, like couple years or so, because I only spoke Thai. I don't know who these people are. They were white. They look different. They they're in a, I'm in a different, I'm like country. And I'm just like, what is going on? And like, I'm like, where are my people? Like, wait, why are you guys speaking a different language? And why do you guys look funny? Like you guys aren't dark skin and dark hair and, you know, and you're not, you don't look Asian, <laughs> you know? And so I was just like, who are these people? And, um, but you know, my mom was very patient. Like my mom kind of like, like, you know, like took time, but it was frustrating for her. There was times where she cried because she felt like she wasn't strong enough to like handle it because like they said, they warned her that I was very stubborn and very hard to take care of. I don't know why, because I wanted to, they said that because I have certain things that I want to do certain things of my way ever since I was little. And I feel like maybe I had an old soul where like I've lived once and like, I knew what I wanted and I'm like, okay, I'm living again. So I know exactly what I want. So, <laughs> you know, let's get on it. And, but you know, I'm very fortunate for my mom, Jane Sesser and Dave Sesser. It was actually harder to have a relationship with my father um, and the, and the guys, I don't, at the time, I just didn't like men. Like I didn't like boys. I didn't like guys because I was always around women. And I feel like they're very like, I don't know, like, just like scary, not scary, but like, mm, I don't really care for you guys. <laughs> you know? yeah. So and my dad, cause I think it's like that, like, you know, um, testosterone type of like feeling. And I was always around women energy and I'm like, who the heck are these? Like, and, and, you know, as a baby, it's like, uh, scary. Like, who are you guys? You look very dominant and like crazy or something. And well, how, how old were your brothers at that time? Your my brother, so my brother, um, he's only like two years old. So I I'm the youngest out of, yeah. out of the three of us. Yeah. I have two older brothers. Um, my first brother, he's around my partner's age, which is 35 turning 36 years old. And my middle brother, who's like the second, um, he is 31. Um, and then I'm 29, I'm turning 30. So, so they're, when you, so they're already, I'm assuming when you, when you came to the U S probably around eight and 12, give or take seven and 12. I think so. I think yeah. so. Cause I have, I have these pictures of them and my older brother looks around like 12 years old. And then my other brother, he looks a little bit like seven, you know? So I'm guessing, and I didn't really, it, it, it's hard. It, it's, it's, it, it must've been even hard on them because I mean, they're still young boys and they still crave their mom's attention. And obviously you started getting a lot of attention and, and a lot of care. So it, it was probably at, at the beginning till they had kind of adapted with the situation it was probably hard for everyone. Right. It was. Um, well, actually, my mom told me that, you know, my brother always wanted a do- uh, sister. I keep saying daughter. Oh, my yeah. God. A sister. And um, and uh, but I didn't like him. Like, I didn't accept him when I was younger because I don't know. Like, I was just like, mm, I don't know. Who are these? Like, you know, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know. And so when I had a lot of care because I needed a lot of care and well, I needed a lot of care, not in a sense because I don't have legs, but like I need a lot of care because um, I didn't know English and okay, well, let's figure it out. Um, how, how does she like, you know, do this and do that like on an everyday lifestyle and, yeah, I yeah. and all that, but they didn't, you know, I was a baby, like they assume and they didn't know at the time. And like, and so um, my brothers were probably like, wow, like, like, I don't like her because like, you know, there's not that close connection and, and, um, like, you know, well, mom and dad is like giving her a lot more attention and giving her a lot more stuff than we are. And like, we don't even get along and stuff. And I think that, you know, it's like normal in, in some, in some situations. I mean, actually birth siblings have that, have that, that, that jealousy at times. So, I mean, it's, it's a natural thing, I think between siblings, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, um, I didn't learn English until I was nine, like nine years old. So that was a, what a three, a three-year gap then. Um, I think so. Like it was really hard to learn English. Yeah. 
hi to English and I just didn't get the context grammar and like certain type of you know um I just wished I could just still have my Thai because obviously it sounds like I can speak fluent um English now <laughs> but like back then um I just uh you know I cried when like I didn't understand how to say certain words or or like how to kind of like put everything grammar so school was hard in that situation yeah. and um not just that but like you know imagine like you're in a different area like you're the alien out of like everything and everybody and like and not just that but you're also physically different i didn't care that i was physically different i was just like oh okay cool i don't have legs like everybody uh, else uh, uh, what's your first memory of school I have a lot of memories of school because I guess I loved school because I'm a very extroverted person and like I'm very nice. But um, everybody um, wanted what's curious about me. I mean, there was there were like stairs, you know, that's normal human nature. And I didn't care. Like I just blah, da, da, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and um, they were really curious. Like I was never bullied in high school good, like good ever you know and that's what i'm saying like i'm fortunate to have the life that i had um a lot of people want to be my friend because yeah. like i was like maybe because of my personality like i glow i my personality is very bubbly and like whoa like a firecracker you know <laughs> and a lot of people say it. and i just like bring people in so i think that's why like you know i was never really introverted i'm just like hey how's it going and when people ask like what happened to your legs i'll be like oh i was born this way but watch i can do push-ups and i can do this and i guess my mom says ever since i love to show off and show people that anything's possible and that like you know to change people's perspective and change their mind she says i always love a challenge and i love to get into people's heads by like by like oh, you, you don't think I can do that? I'm going to show you. So I was like, my fire in me, because I'm a Leo, yeah. like, I'll show you, you know? And, and so, um, so uh, yeah, and I was a, you know, I, I did many different things, art and, and kind of like, you know, cheerleading and stuff. And my mom actually built a playground at my elementary school so I can play with the rest of kids. Cause I used to have to roll my chair all the way up that hill onto the bark desk to just play with my friends. And she saw that because, you know, she has to come to school and observe me, make sure I'm good. Everything's yeah. okay. And, um, and she modified a lot of stuff at my school for me. She's like I, such I, a saint. I and love it. She, yeah. And not just that, but there's also an article that we saved um, but she raised money of the city of Tualatin to help build a uh, playground that can be on the lower surface area for kids in wheelchairs or disabilities or anyone to play. Because she's like, oh, Kanye has to roll all the way up. And I'm like, girl, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm fine. I don't care about my mom. <laughs> so she she's like. I'm going to raise money and I'm going to do that. She's like, yeah, she's, I never like who the heck, like you rarely hear these stories. We're like, yeah. So like when I was a mom back at the time, my days were, um, you know, my daughter who doesn't have legs, I saw her playing in a playground, but she looks, she looks like she's struggling through the gravel. So I just like raise money and, and build a playground, build a playground. Like you don't hear that, you know? So um, yeah, she's an amazing mom and she had to go to school again to kind of like, and she also did like go online and, and kind of like research about like, okay, what does she need? Okay. So when I came, I didn't have a wheelchair because I always walk on my hands and I liked it. Like I yeah. don't, like I walked on my hands and I don't like being restricted. So I rarely use my chair. Um, I mostly walk on my hands and like, um, uh, use my skateboard a lot. And so I just, let's, I just let's, let's talk about that. What was your first interaction with the skateboard? What age were you? Um, so I was nine years old. I was like, you know, I was in middle school. Oh, wait, no. Was I middle school? Nine. That's elementary school, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> elementary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so when I was nine, that's when I started skateboarding. I saw skateboarding uh, through friends of mine where I was just like hanging out out in the cul-de-sac of our house. So I was raised up in a upper higher class. Um, so we lived in a really nice place in Oregon. And um, 
I had these friends of mine that were neighborhood kids and we would play and be like, you know what kids do? Like, yeah, like, you know, like um, kind of like things that like were, were growing. And to be honest, back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, sorry, but like um, I never watched TV. Like yeah. there were, there was TV, but I never had a cell, to be honest, I never had a cell phone until I was like 17. <laughs> like, yeah. like I was always outside, but that's when I found skateboarding was nine. And I just like, oh my God, I want to try to skateboard. So I hop on my friend's skateboard because we were just hanging out outside. And it was actually her brother's skateboard. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I like, and I just, it's like a muscle memory where you just go on it and you don't think about how you should do it and you just go for it. And I think yeah. that's always been my mindset ever since I was a kid. So I was just like pop on the board and just like, you know, and I was just like, Oh, I want to know what it's like to go down the hill. And I figure out that. And I was like, Oh no car. And I just <laughs> failed and like, you know, went on the side of the, of the grass, but like, I was like, Oh my God, I love that. I want to get my own skateboard. So my mom got me a skateboard and I was like, since I was, you know, nine all the way up to high school. And now like I go to my local skate park in Twalton in, at Twalton. And um, every time after school, I go to the skate park and I, and I just like, yay. And, and all the kids would be like, Whoa, what? <laughs> like they're like, why I never seen this, you know, because like human nature, when you don't, when you're, you know, like, I just think that like, the reason why some people just have a closed mind is because you know ne- they never really see somebody like that. And I think that's amazing because this is why we, we teach them and we show them and how like, you know, anything's possible and nothing doesn't need to be limitless, you know, like things, you know, unless you limit yourself in the mindset of, you know, limiting certain things that you want to do, but that's just fear. So um, yeah. So I just like, did my thing and I learned new tricks on my own that what to see, to kind of like see what I can and can't do. And, um, I loved it. And then that's when I found surfing because somebody at the skate park was like, do you want to come with us surfing? And I was like, yeah. And this is by the time I was 12 to 13 years old. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, definitely. And, and so I went surfing and then, um, it was amazing to surf with a pro surfer who was actually, in Huntington beach now and all that stuff. She's from Huntington beach and she taught me how to surf. She's like the number one, like champion of longboard surfing. And she's like 65 now, but she still surfs. And um, I I love the water, but surfing is not my first sport that I like. I like because like, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I I can swim a lot and I started swimming since I was a baby, like, you know, that, but it takes a lot through a current because you have legs to float, but I need, my arms and my body to flow, <laughs> to flow. And so it takes a lot more energy, a lot of energy out of you because the, the current, current yeah. hits you and you're like, ah, and so you're like, ah, I need to, you know, <laughs> so I can only go a few times on surfing, like on a board, but it, it's always fun when I go in it. I just, just rather just like, you know, I always have people out there just in case and all that stuff, but, um, I don't really surf as much as I do skateboarding and mono skiing. And, oh yeah, that's also how I found mono skiing and snowboarding. And, um, I had like skis and I went down the hill, went on my first like black diamond and timberline and hoodoo. And it was really fun. And I was like, when, oh when my you, God, when you, uh, what age, how long ago was this? This was, uh, yeah, nine. I all, I found this around nine, 10 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Okay. Even, yeah. even, even, the, even this, even the, uh, the skiing. Yeah. I had, oh, wow. so I got, I had instructors, like my parents, like, you know, paid for instructors for me to go. Um, so I have like, you know, finger, like three fingers on this side and I have, and I used to have a wet fingers on this side. And so I used to get surgery on this and, um, I went to um, the hospital uh, for kids. I, I was, for, uh, what's it called? Um, the, uh, oh my gosh, the Shriners Hospital. And Shriners yeah, Hospital, yeah. Hospital was the one that that showed me the monoskiing team, the Oregon Adaptive Sports Team. And, um, and so Shriners Hospital, besides being a hospital for kids, they also have like sponsorships and different uh, things for kids with, uh, you know, differences or different, different, uh, disability and, um, just different activities that kids can do. And, and that's where my mom found, um, 
connected me to, you want to go like, you know, skiing. And so that's how I got into skiing. And she's like, I got you, let, let's, let's do it. And that's also how I, I started track racing and I didn't realize that I was going to be super good at it where I almost made it to the Paralympics. Like, you know, well, I was in the Paralympics and, um, and, uh, did sled hockey and, um, did wheelchair basketball. I was like trading seven days, like for seven days. I, I, I was like a good girl back then. I was just like, <laughs> back then, back then, <laughs> back then, like, you know, I went to school <sighs> Um, I went to school and then after school, I have training, I have track practices. And then every weekend, Saturday and Sundays, we drive up to Seattle to go uh, practice with the Sonics wheelchair basketball team and uh, get ready for tournaments for that. And then I, and I was like, you know, going to the gym as well. And I was just like in middle school and high school at the time. So I was just getting started and, and I didn't have a normal life like everybody else, because like I had to skip certain proms and homecoming and certain type of like things because I was busy traveling for sports competition. And I had to like kind of be homeschooled for a little bit, kind of like take my work studies on road while I was traveling to Switzerland, to London, to like, and I love it. I was like, I ra- I don't want it any other way but that. But I couldn't hang out with my friends as much as I used to because I had to focus on my career sports and I was winning gold. I was the third fastest woman in the world as a T54 for track. And I was... Uh, competing against Tatiana McFadden, Chelsea McClammer, um, and um, I know Eric Hightower. He's the one that kind of like, you know, I, I remember like training with him and all that stuff. And um, a lot of my uh, track friends and um, scout and all that. And uh, it was really incredible because I won the 100, the 200 meters. I got gold in that. I got gold in the 400. I got gold in the 800. I got I got gold in the 5k, which is long distance, like, like around uh 5k. I think that's around like 12, 12 laps. <laughs> and I got 3k. I got third for 3k. Um, so it, and I got first place for the women's four by four marathon relay. So I did. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw something in there and it, and I, and I find it. And once we're done this podcast, I'll tell you a little bit about my son, but I, Everything your parents did is essentially what I'm doing with my son is, is eliminating fear from a very young age and just putting you in front of every opportunity to succeed. And by yeah. everything they did for you, and I'm just as a parent, my kids are 14 and 16, turning my daughter six, turning 16, is essentially what my, your parents did for you. Essentially, is put them in every type of sport, put them in every, give them every opportunity to succeed, even if other avenues have kind of try to push them away through a disability or through, through a different situation. Right. So uh, I love how your parents, they could have been the opposite. They could have been very protective. They could have been very inclusive into in holding you back and, and being scared for you to fail. Instead, they put you out there and said, let's just try, 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 try. You want to do this, do it. You want to do this, do it. And that's obviously churned you into the woman you are. So I think I just want to commend them for, um, for what they did. It's incredible. Thank you. My parents, you know, so my older brother is autistic. So he has a disability as well, but yeah. can't really see it. And so I think that also like, okay, I have an autistic that's different than physical, you know? Yeah. yeah. But but I think, but I think raising my older brother of him being autistic, that's how they kind of grasp into like, let's try this, let's try that, let's get him to do, you know. And yeah. so they probably learn throughout time. And then when they got me, they're like, let's do the same thing, but this is physical. So it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, um, I think, uh, and also my mom, she, she's a, she, you know, she was, she's Christian and she's, she, well, she's, she now calls herself. She's the love of God. You know, she's, she's <laughs> like, I'm not really religious anymore. I'm just like more like love. God. She can like, you know, read Arabic and like, she likes to learn and study new, new things as well. So I think, the way how she is like, I'm lucky to have her because the way how she is reflects on how she taught us to live life. Yeah. If she, I feel like if she was more close-minded and all that, maybe, or maybe not this opportunity wouldn't happen. Who knows? <laughs> you yeah. know? But yeah. I'm just lucky to have the family that I have because all, like all, that, all the stars aligned in the right direction. Everything happens. I, I'm a strong believer. Everything happens for a reason. 
Yeah. Like she, she raised money. Like she literally raised a lot of money for me to get to the Paralympics, like for me to, to get to do the stuff and go travel. And she travels with me and stuff like that. And she's like, so so amazing. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Not just that, but like, um, she actually helped me, um, kind of like get started on my college. I went to university of Arizona. So, so I can, uh, be closer to track training. And I was also in rugby that time. And I only had, they told me I I have to pick one sport. I'm like, what? No, that's stupid. (laughs) And, um, and so she was the one that kind of like, you know, I had half of scholarship, but like she paid for a lot of stuff for me to, and I think, the reason why she did what she did was like making sure that I was taken care of. Like, yeah, yeah. She good. So yeah, the, nur- the nourishing mom side, right. Just making sure you're, 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 you're in so the right nourishing. path and you don't have to, you don't have to stress about it, which is, yeah. As yeah. A mom. And she knows I'm rebellious. I've been troublemaker since I was younger, to be honest. Like she says, your first kiss was actually in first grade. She was like, your first <laughs> kiss was in first grade with this guy named Peter. And we had to tell you that was not okay. But she was like, she she laughed afterwards. And then as she told me that when I was younger, I always sneak out like through my window as a kid to go hang out with my neighborhood kids' friends. And my dad would always have to go out and be like, no, like, you know, so... It's fun. It was fun. So I think the way how I was raised, I got to be like, be a kid. I, I like my parents were strict, but not that strict. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like it, there's a balance. Like, so, yeah. So that's how. Probably you, how you, so your first time back to Thailand was just recently, you said? Um, This was back in 2018 was when I went to Thailand. How So you're, so you're already, how old are you now? I'm 29. So you're so you're mid 20s when you first been back to Thailand. What yeah. clicked in your head to go go back and find your roots and find that stuff? What 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 pushed you to do that? I feel like it's time. Yeah. I just trust in my intuition. I was like, you know, I'm older now, like in my mid 20s. I want to like, I also just want to go to Thailand just to go to Thailand, and I have yeah. and I have money for what I do, and I'm like, I just want to have fun, like you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go have fun. And but the thing I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna like hit up my caseworker and and she orchestrated this whole big trip for me and and paid for me on a lot of things. And I was like wow. literally, I was when I went back to Thailand, I was praised. Like I was, I was literally praised. Like when I went there, everybody was taking pictures because there's a story. Like I was big there. Like what my story did impacted and was really intriguing that like, oh my gosh, like she's here. And, and we, and she got all the nurses and and doctors together all at once. And, and people who raised me and everybody's like crying. And I I have these videos of me, like getting gifts. I was getting like Thai silk. When you get Thai silk in Thailand that means I love you're very loved Thai silk is expensive by the way so I was money I was getting Thai silks I was getting like loves and everybody was hugging me and like they they missed me a lot so it was a big deal when I went there I was like oh okay well I was I thought I was gonna go jet skiing and go to these beautiful beaches but I this is cool this is cooler I feel good how how, how, how did you did you did it bring back any like just just like was it one of those moments where just like sit back and take a deep breath and like any memories started coming back when you got there, when you started seeing the, your caseworker and all that stuff. So I'm not really of, a, of like an emotional person. Okay. <laughs> it takes a time for me to get emotional. Okay. And I, I don't know. I just, I mourn differently. I like get, I, I become emotional differently. I think the way how I'm very like, woo, you know, like, yeah. okay. Like I never had a bad day. I never have like a, a I like, love it. I love it. You know, I never really like have a moment where I'll like, oh my gosh, like this is so much. Like, no, I'm all like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Please tell me more. Like, <laughs> what did I do? I need to, I like need to take notes and like, can you put this in a video? Like, I was more intrigued about my story of what happened than like being emotional and be like, <gasps> I was like, oh my gosh, really? Wow, I feel good. This is amazing. Also, I don't, I lost my tie. <laughs> I lost so my I was going to ask you, do you, do you speak Thai still or no? Um, I know Sabri Ka, Kapkun Ka, and Mak Mak, and um, that's it. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all. That's uh, like Sabri Ka means hello. Yeah, yeah. I Kap, 
Kapkunka means like thank you so much or something. Um, Does any, then, did, did you have you ever thought of trying to relearn how to speak Thai, or is that something that doesn't um, interest you at all? No, because I don't have a whole lot of like Asian friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know who I would be speaking Thai to. I don't really have a lot just of just to connect to your your history, right? I mean, just it's just uh, it's it's it, it, it's a big it is. A, it is a big part of who you are, right? I mean, it is, but you know, I feel like even though it's a big part part of who I am or what I feel like it was, and I, I'll always have that in my heart in the back. Of course, of me, yeah. I feel like I'm always like transition to a new person, you know, like yeah. like I just feel like, um, yeah, it is a part of me, but also there's other parts that I'd have discovered throughout my 29 years, and I'm like a whole different person. Like if I was never adopted and I was still in Thailand, I would not be Kanya of who I am today. Yeah. So definitely I trust in the faith and transformation of who I am as a person. And like and not just that, but like I don't know, like um yeah I'm Thai, like you know, but I'm also like making my name Oh you're more you're more American than Thai now, um, right? Yeah, like I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you've been in America for yeah over twenty been, years of your yeah. life. Exactly. And so when I went to Thailand, everybody was talking Thai. That's probably also why I didn't really get emotional because I really didn't know what the heck they were saying. I had a translator <laughs> that was there and they were telling me, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Put that down, put that down. And then they're like, yeah, you used to like pray to the Kings and queen. Like you have to every yeah, time. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the thing in Thailand that you got to do. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And so it was different. We're like, I know all this stuff about Thailand and then coming back 20 years later and just be like, where am I? Like yeah. I transformed. Yeah. Well, you're very young too. When you left, right. I mean, you're still, you're, you were a baby still, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In a few words, how would you describe your mom? Loving, caring, um, curious, observant, um, funny, um, that's that that's pretty much she's very generous she's funny because she's all like so what other jobs are you going to be doing mom if i like if i if i have other jobs i'm going to text you like <laughs> you know um and oh very like free spirit she like when i moved out when i was 18 i started moving out when i was 18 because i want to be on my own right away i was like nope peace sure. out again i don't want to <laughs> nice to know you but nah, and um my mom, she's like, heck yeah, I'm so happy for you. Like, you know, that's amazing. Like, but but she she never always check in because she wants me to be like, you know, I check in when I want to check in. And that's how like she knows how I am. So I think having the same relationship where like we're not constantly always need to check in on each other. We I can like literally I, even though I check I talk to her like once a week now and maybe more, but back then uh, she let me do me. And she, she's like so happy at what I do. And she's just like, I just want to see you succeed. Like, call me later. <laughs> and I love that. Like, and, and yeah. that's how, like, I like it. I don't like controlling. I don't like, yeah, yeah but I feel like uh, it's like love, you know, One, mom will do that. Makes you like, are you okay? Are you like, it's out of love, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad that she's not like that. Like, I don't know what I would do. She, she probably would drive me crazy if she's like texting me every oh, single she, day. She, real, she obviously knows you and she obviously realizes how independent you are and how, and how, how that independence drives you. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just yeah, your character and she trusts you. Of course she trusts you. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing. I love that. I love that. Career wise, obviously the, the, the social media is something you're growing really rapidly. You're doing some acting, you're doing other stuff. Where do you see your career go? Like where, where, where do you want to be in the next couple of years? what I'm doing now, like, and yeah. more, to be honest, because right now I'm actually writing my book finally. Awesome. Um, and I, and a kid's book. And, um, and I've been, um, kind of like making that happen right now. And, uh, I did, I, so the thing is, I didn't realize I was going to be an actress. I was an athlete. I was a star gold athlete. Like I was, I was athlete athletic since day one. So yeah. I was like, Oh, wow. Like if I can like, just look at my future back then, and I'm glad I did because it's like a surprise. Like, who would have known? Like, who would have knew? You know. <laughs> but like, um, and I'm still an athlete, you know. Um, but um, I didn't start. I, I actually, um, when I was in high school, my parents, you know, during the summer, I didn't just like hang out at the house and like, oh yay, summer, let's go camping. I just, I didn't just do that. Like my when once summer hits, I went to like christian summer school and then went to like 
music and arts acting school and like art school. Like there's always something that I'm doing um, during the summer. And I loved it to be honest, because like, um, I was like, wow, this is fun. Like, (laughs) and it connected, you know, and um, I went to a musical acting school and that's how I started. Like, um, actually I was in choir, so I know how to sing, but it's something that I don't, I mean, I'm really, my my family says I'm a pretty good singer, but I'm like, no, I'm good. Like <laughs> I started singing since I was like five years old. Um, but uh, nah, not my thing. Maybe next life. But um, um, so yeah, so everything just started, I think, throughout time growing up. Um, because you know, I was actually in my first independent film, believe it or not, um, a small part when I was just like 16 years old. Um, during uh, the acting school. So I went to school for acting um, in Beaverton or Hillsborough. I don't remember. Um, And so I did that and um, I I didn't stick to acting until later on because I'm like, that's fine. That's cool. But I'm going to stick to like sports and stuff like that. And um, so fast forward, like, you know, I was a model. I started, I, I love my body. Like I love my, obviously I tatted and my first tattoo was 18. And like, um, I just love my body. And I started taking pictures and my mom says, you know, you always look at yourself in the mirror. And I thought you were like a little weird, like, cause you just <laughs> too egotistical of yourself. But my mom's like, you know what? But the thing is looking back to it, I love that you love yourself unconditionally. Which is and accept, so powerful. Yeah. And accept yourself who you are. Cause I, ever since I was younger, I always like, like, stare at myself in the mirror or the reflection and always like talk to myself when I was younger, when I was a baby, baby. not, not when I was a teenager, (laughs) but like, I love my appearance. So that's how I started modeling and stuff like that. Because even people recognize me, like you should be a model. And like, you know, and, um, I was like, okay, maybe like, yeah, sure. You know? And so fast forward, um, living here in California, um, I, I was just going to live here in California for a year and then maybe live in Hawaii, Colorado. I don't know. I lived in Utah before. I lived yeah. in Canada before. Which, which lived, part of Canada? I lived in Vancouver, BC. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful yeah, BC. Next, yeah. Next, we won't go into that, but like, I, <laughs> I don't really like, I mean, it's beautiful up there, but it's too cold. Like, it's, uh, yeah. It's and, 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 and BC is not even cold. I mean, we're, I'm from Toronto, Canada. It's, it gets cold here in the winters. BC is actually, I mean, their winters is usually rainy and overcast. And uh, I mean, Toronto, um, it, it gets cold here. I, I don't know. I think 65 to like 70 is cold. So I like it yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So I live in many different places. And um, that's how I found um, acting. Actually, Freak Show. I used to work at the Venice Beach Freak Show. And at the time, you know, I was going through things like discovering myself in my early 20s. And, um, you know, my best friend passed away from overdose. And I was like helping her with that. And um, I and then I was just skating one time at the freak show, just thinking about life and be like, Oh God, I'm stuck. You know, I had that moment where like, I'm stuck. Oh my God, what should I do? But like, I didn't panic. I was just like, just thinking about, okay, that didn't work out. Cause like I, I, um, retired track after I left Arizona to go to California when I was like 21, you know, 21, 22, actually I was 22. And the reason why I quit track was because I'm like, I'm bored of this. Like I've been doing it for 16 years. I'm good. Like, you know? And so went to California, saw Todd Ray at Venice beach freak show. And he's all like, he was like, come see the two headed turtles, the fire eater, the sword swallower, the, the smallest man in America. And like, I went by crossed by with my skateboard and then he stopped and he just like, look at me like this, just like slowly be like, what? And I came by again and he's like, Hey, you, <laughs> with his microphone he's like hey you come over here and I was like okay <laughs> and he's all like you are so incredible hey here's my card like you know and I'm like okay and it's like would you ever want to work at like a circus I'm sorry something like in my head I'm like um no I like at the time I was like looking at the word freak and I was like mm, I don't know about this this doesn't seem like Kanye like freak you know, I'm not a freak. Like, uh, you know, like I was in a different mindset and stuff. Yeah. And just, well, whenever think about it. So a year went by and I, not a year. Yeah. Around a year went by. I was like 23 or something. Or I forgot, but like, 
I was like, oh man, I don't have a job. Like <laughs> I don't have a job. Like I need money. Like, you know? And um, I mean, I, I got my parents, like some of their inherited, like, you know, a little bit of money, you know, yeah. not, but like, I'm all like, mm, I need to do, sh- I need to do something with my life <laughs> instead of skateboarding and like, you know, and, um, but during the time as well, people recognize me and be like, oh my gosh, you're a skater. I want to interview you during the time of before working at the freak show. And so I, I was like, Hey, I'm going to try it out and see if I like it. And I loved it. I never thought I had an emo, like an emo, like dark side to me as well. And I think like the thrill of just being with like incredible, talented, like, you know, like really amazing people with many different tattoos, piercing, um, they're, they're so open-minded and, and and I feel like I was kind of being closed-minded at the time, to be honest. I feel like if everything that I do, I was being closed-minded to myself at the time to not, you know, discover new experiences that I like, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone to, to explore different journeys to kind of like find yourself, you know, and And that's how I got to be connected to Todd Ray, who connected me to Chevelle, which is, um, I did a music video for them and they're pretty big. The Killers, everybody knows. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Music videos with them, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, wow. I got these amazing, incredible people. And I got connected to my friend, Charlotte, who's dating, um, uh, you know, from uh, my friend, Charlotte, who helped you know, was connecting me and we're friends and we were in this group, but she's dating, um, John Lennon's like, um, wow. uh, son and all that. So yeah. connected to all these incredible people who knows people. It's all about connections. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. and so I started building myself and, and then Hawaii five Oh, I was in Hawaii five Oh came and be like, Todd, guess what? I mean, I got accepted into a Hawaii five Oh, they want me to go in two days and fly out there in two days to do this like thing. And and I nailed it. I nailed my first big acting gig and they loved it. And everybody got emotional after they saw it. And I was playing Ruby Valera, who was a surfer. And it was like, like just a fun time living in Hawaii, filming it. And then after that, I was in Cold Black. So the next thing came to the next thing, Cold Black. Um, and then I met my other friend, Louis Guzman. Everybody knows Louis Guzman, you know, and um, my other friend who was in Cold Black, the main characters. And I got to connect with them, be friends with them. And then after that, I got connected to Young and Reckless, who's because I still skateboard and, and connected to my best friend, Oscar, who connected me to the Ryan Sheckler Foundation. Got got to be friends with Ryan Sheckler since 2015 and all that. And um, and so then I got the walking dead fear of the walking dead and then i got um to be in babylon with toby mcguire the superman yeah. spider-man guy yeah, you know yeah. we'll be out december 25th 2022 so watch that <laughs> and so then, you're so you're busy huh yeah i'm busy and then I, 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 I couldn't buy I, I yeah this is amazing yeah i'm actually um i um working right now with um one of the directors and uh producers for another movie that actually is really big for me. I'm the main character with, and um, her name is also Ruby. Her name is also Ruby. (laughs) And um, I, you know, I have been working with a director who's willing to work with my quote unquote disability. Well, me not having legs because most of the people, most of the brands and people, you know, they want somebody who's an amputee, but wears prosthetics. They want to work with somebody who's, who is an amputee, but who can wear prosthetics. Well, I don't wear prosthetics and I like, no, I'm good. Like I don't, you know, and it's kind of hard sometimes because I'm all like, well, I think you need to understand different disabilities because just because we have similar disabilities, that does not mean we are the same you know, we are the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, don't course. don't judge disability as like as a you know as the same visibility and all that stuff. So yeah. it's one of those things where um yeah. And so I finally connected to a director that was like, you know what? The original, I can talk about it by the way. The original um like script that we want to do was about Ruby having wearing prosthetics, and it kind of reveals her what like everybody wanna know what the heck happened because this is like, you know, like <gasps> puzzling everything together for the audience to like a mystery like yeah. you know type of thing and um and and kind of a do kind of sad happy all emotions all energies and um we want to they wanted to like you know have this scrape but i'm like just let you know i don't wear prosthetics so 
unless we can like figure it out, I'm down to do it. But if you want somebody else, I know people and they're like, no, we want you. You know what? We're going to change the script. I'm going to re that literally the writer, the director and the producer changed the whole script. It's so I awesome. can just be in it. And I never had that, you know, yeah. and so I'm excited because I'm going to be flying out to Canada and living there for a month and a half or, or two months. Yeah, which part, which part of Canada? We don't know yet. So we're Most, still trying to yeah. find. They do, they do a lot of filming here in Toronto, Canada. So yeah. much things but, are happening. But it, the, thing is, um, the thing is about this film is that it's going to be by a lake and the mountains. So we want to resonate the whole scene. You know, when, when you're, when you know, you just, you don't just like do it to do it. You, you don't just like, Oh, I'm going to act. I'm going to do that. You gotta, you gotta be in this serene area or like be in this area where, um, you know, the movie is going to take place. You have yeah. to prepare yourself as an actress or an actor yeah. to kind of like get into it. Can't just be anywhere. It has to be like, you know, how the script is. Yeah. And so I've been working with that and I'm excited. It should be out. 2024 2023 2024 i don't know but i'm excited because this is going to be the second time that i'm going to be out in theaters it's pretty awesome i never had myself out in theaters but it's about jack and ruby and um jack you know he he ruby doesn't find out till later that jack was the one who killed her two sons and are you allowed to be giving this all up in the movie before Yes, yes. I, <laughs> you just gave up the whole movie. Oh, uh, yeah, true. But anyways, fast forward. It's just that, you know, uh, we like, it, it's a whole thing. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's, this is awesome. I'm just excited. Like, so, yeah. no, this is awesome. Yeah. This is this has been absolutely amazing. We're we can we could talk. I'm gonna have you on again for sure. We've been on for oh a little God. over an hour. No, this is awesome. This is awesome. I mean, I usually have to carry the conversation. I just sat back and had a smile on my face listening to your story, which has been oh, thank incredible, you. incredible, incredible. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really no, this is awesome. We're we're gonna get. A, I mean, we yes. have a good audience, so this is gonna get a, a a big push for yourself, but it's also for us too. And and I love interviewing people that are inspiring. I would love next time to talk about how I met Zion and how he impacted my life and how I met him and like how I met all these other incredible people as it's well. Just, it's, it's, it's one thing and one word you kept mentioning before, and it's, and it's true with any type of field, any type of career, anything you're trying to proceed or, or grow in is networking. Mm-hmm. Networking is such a powerful tool. And I think it's a tool that a lot of people don't really focus on. And listen, you said the networking is just, it's expensive. It's expanded your career so rapidly, right? Oh, yeah. So amazing. So amazing. The thing is, when I met Zion, when I found Zion and stuff like that, I just like, I just want to have fun. Like, I just want to like be a friend and just be like, hey, what's up? Like, go hang out. And like, yeah. you know, I never, I don't ever want anything from my friends or like, I don't ever seek out other friends' career and stuff. I don't do that. I just like, somehow everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And yeah. We just, connected really close as how we are because when I met Zion I was like oh my gosh you were just like me you were in foster home you were adopted even though your life is very like deep and kind of like very emotional in some sense but like uh we're similar because we were born of how we were born but but what I love the most was that how we both impact like we don't see each other as a being disabled we're not disabled. no no no, no, I don't and, that. no, and 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 I think that's that's what makes you guys so special. You don't play a victim card at all. Yes, exactly. No, and no. I think by like him and I, we're very like very we're very competitive, but we're also like see eye to eye to a lot of things, and that's probably. Yeah. I was like, I love your mom and your sister, and I, I never met them, but I want to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had uh, you you are just um, up visiting uh, Jay Buer. Yes, yes. Okay. We, I, I've had Jay on. Jay, we've done 175, 176 uh, episodes. We're in season, we're recording now for season nine. And Jay was our number one guest, like view wise. Every Within a week, we had like over 250,000 downloads and views from okay. Jay. He, he's got a crazy following. And I just interviewed his daughter. Uh, Juliet the other day, which is, she's, she's got some incredible stories. I mean, she's, she's an incredible wow. person too. So um, yeah, I love these interviews. How could, how could our audience get a hold of you or find you, follow you? Uh, so 
I only have like 102,000 followers. I hope it, I have more. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's growing. Don't worry. It's uh, Kanye Sesser. So at K-A-N-Y-A-S-E-S-S-E-R. And they're together and obviously with the blue check mark next to it. Um, so you'll find me. It, it's really easy. <laughs> so um, I love it. I love it. Kanye Sesser. I'm mostly on Instagram. Sometimes I'm on TikTok. I'm not really... I really understand about these TikTok people. However, my friend Ross Smith, he's a big follower too of TikTok and and videos. And I've been doing funny skits with him and and um John and Zach, I think that's their name. Yeah. So they're like little short people. Um, and uh it's really fun to I actually um I don't know who Ross Smith was, but I didn't realize that Ross Smith knew Zion as well. And yeah. and I remember reaching to Ross and I'm like, Hey, guess who I hung out with? And he's like, I knew you guys were going to, to see each other and meet each other one day. Yeah, so, that's awesome. That's and we're awesome. all like a group now. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. This was a lot of fun. Please let me know next time you want me. I'm, uh, I'm for it. love it. Love it. That's a wrap for today. I want to thank our guest, Kanye, for taking time. It's incredibly busy schedule to be a guest on the Jeff Nozine podcast. Like all weeks, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast as much as I have, tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word. We're trying to build something special here. Leave a review. Five stars would be absolutely amazing. Myself, my team love spending time reading the reviews. Until next week, guys, keep moving forward. <laughs>